You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kevin David Thomas. Sorry, I should put my headphones on. <laughs> Rob, Vamp. what just Kevin happened? Kevin Vamp. Uh, so Vamp hi everybody, Kevin. this is Kevin. Um, we are uh, recording interviews today and tomorrow and yesterday for uh, you know the pod eyes our Monday episodes, and we're just throwing a little uh, Thursday fam- throwback Thursday right now. But <laughs> Rob is still. We started before we were even together, so I'm just gonna I'm wait sorry. for Rob to get here. I'm here. I'm okay. Here. Okay. Hi, Rob. Hold on. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Hey sorry. everybody, how's your week going? I hope you're having a nice week. Seen some good Thank theater you. out there. I did. Yeah. Are you, are you talking to the people uh, or well, me? I'm kind of talking to um, the listeners right now, but I can talk to you as well. <laughs> that I guess that would be nice. I'm in I the might room. As well. <laughs> I'm in the room for this. Is we we've been seeing each other through Skype for most of this stuff. We have. This has been like the first time we've been together in a while. Wow. This is. I like this. Mm, it's much better looking like at this. you in this flesh. Okay. I need an adult. Okay. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable for many reasons, but that's okay. <laughs> yes. Come I, sit on my lap. No. Okay. I'm scooting okay. back. Um, <laughs> let the record show. I scooted back. Um, yeah, no, I saw I saw some stuff. I saw some theater. I saw Smokey Joe's Cafe off Broadway. Mm. Smokey Joe's Cafe. Oh, is that what it sounded like? Yeah, that's the guy. He's the bass. He does it like we that. We do that one more time. Smokey Joe's Cafe. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't book it. I know. <laughs> we know. The whole industry knows at this point. Uh, it's funny, we, though. We saw uh, your Adam Variety. Singing, I, I, uh, we'll get back to that. But I, I, we just interviewed Michael McCormick, uh, who is in Hello, Dolly! right now, closing yes. this week. And he mentioned Sergio Franchi. And I looked to you immediately, thinking that you were going to interrupt the interview in order to do your Sergio Franchi, which we haven't heard. In, I, I'm going to say it's been a year or so. Well, Dare so- I say I miss him. <laughs> What? <laughs> Kevin misses an impression? Yeah. No, I, I, well, I couldn't because I know it's, it's, it's not just about I want to like interrupt Michael and be like, "Eh, hey, Sergio, he's a prank, he's a prank." Coconut Grove, a playhouse. He said that he saw him in Do I Hear a Wall. <laughs> he did see him in Do I Hear a Wall. So I didn't want to. I, I don't know. Right. Sergio that couldn't was have a, interrupted. That was better, yeah, Michael, tell me <laughs> how good was I? Did you have the primary? <laughs> the primary. <laughs> I sang. Take the moment, and then. Charo open for me. She's not Italian. No. <laughs> she told me she was. <laughs> oh, Sergio. We had a meatball at Sbarro's. <laughs> I love Sparrows. 
There used to be one in Midtown. There's well, there is. There's one right across oh, the street from here, here. Right. on Eighth. Why don't we go over sometime? Mm. Okay, you don't like Sparrows. That's fine. I'll Remember that The Office? Uh, do you watch The Office? Oh and yeah. Michael Scott goes to New York and he says how he has New York pizza, yes. and he goes to Sparrows. The Office was genius. The right, Office we're, was we're watching it at genius. night now, Saturday oh, and I. Uh, we were just in that that cycle that you do when you're like, oh yeah. When I don't watch Murder She Wrote, I watch The Office. Have you got to the Sweeney Todd episode where he? Uh, does Sweeney I was actually Todd? thinking about making that one of my favorite things. Yeah. However, yeah. it is so cringeworthy that episode because it, the stuff that the audience members are so bad during it. Yeah. But I love that episode. I think Andy when he's like he sings full verses of Sweeney oh, yeah. Todd in that episode. I'm so glad you brought that up actually because I've been wanting to talk. Listeners, go watch the the Sweeney Todd episode. One of the characters in the office, he's doing his community theater production of Sweeney Todd. He invites he, the, the episode starts with him bursting into the office with his cast being like attend the tale of Sweeney but he's got this like fake British accent. Yeah. So he's like attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. But he's this guy what's his name in real Ed life? Ed Helms. Yeah, Ed Helms, who clearly loves musical theater and oh, yeah. has done it, you know. And clearly, his love of it is what fueled the writers to write that episode. I would hope but so. Yeah, they definitely so do full-on clips of Sweeney Todd's the production. They show they had to stage it. They had to have rehearsal yeah. for it. They it's it's intense. It's a good episode. You should watch it, everybody. What, it's a really good one. My favorite moment in that whole episode. It's not giving anything away, but it was just one of those like little touches that the writers put in that I'm like, that's genius. It's when he's doing a real quiet moment and someone's bottle. Falls it, on the cement and, and it's just, metal and it's, and it's glass and it hits glass and it on rolls the metal all the way and it just down. rolls all like the cement it's like a all the way yeah. where it's like <laughs> which, cement floor. <laughs> yes, that's right. Which I was like, I don't know which writer did that, but I'll take you to dinner because it's a genius moment. I love it. Um, no, I was, actually that was something I was thinking about doing at some point. There are a lot of television shows where like there's a musical theater episode. Like mm-hmm. where they 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 perform a musical for some reason. Yes. It's it's either something like The Office, where it is an actual show like Sweeney Todd, or it's like like the Golden Girls, where they do the Turkey Lurkey show. Of course, or um, the there's an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Buffy, that actually Buffy released the, a cast album yep. of Once More with Feeling. That's yep. the title of the episode. I have that. That was like a, uh, Scrubs did a musical episode. Scrubs one. did one. Are, I mean, I'm talking many years ago, but you're right. I enjoy when. When our little art form makes it into the I love that too. Other genre. There was a really fun television show in the eighties called Head of the Class. Yes. Which and they did two. They did their class put on Little Shop of Horrors. Oh. And then the next season their class put on Hair. And oh. they did like twenty like twenty minutes of each musical on that. the thirty minute episode. So I love you're right. It's fun it's when fun. we see I enjoy that. I enjoy that too. I really enjoy that. I know. Um, what else have you, have you seen? Anything else? Oh, let me think here. I don't think so. I saw Head Over Heels, but we already talked about that. Uh, I haven't heels. seen anything in the last. You saw Smoky Joe's. I saw Smoky Joe's Cafe. Very good. I saw uh, you. A Head Over Heels. Right. I saw Getting the Band Back Together. You're so good. I saw. I want. I'm kind of have a little personal goal that I'm going to see everything this year. Don't we have that goal every year? Yeah, but this yeah. year I'm going to be like, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's got to happen. No, I'm going to do better than I did last year because last year was not. I mean, the spring I just was a mess, but it, it, it's this is the year. You're right. We're going to do this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's doable. I mean, what's hard is, and it, what's hard is, is like one getting the money and like finding some shows. Like some shows, it's hard to find cheap tickets to or discounted tickets the ones to. Like for, or some we don't get press tickets to. Right. Or the, the, like for the, the boys in the band, when it's a hit show with a limited run, I find those to be tougher. I have to be more vigilant of getting the tickets um, in advance. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you right, okay. You just, so. you just stopped listening and started tweaking well, stuff. Well, you, you so tweaked it, out for a second. Hold well, on. I'm not tweaking out. 
Why did you tweak out? Um, but the, it's it's the limited run engagements like Boys in the Band that I find are or what am I tweaking still? What's going on? No, I'm just making sure that you don't step on any wires. I'm not stepping on any wires. One time, one time. Well, oh my one time, Kevin. One time, I step on a wire, and now you're like, don't move over, Kevin. You're I just, too close to the. I just never see. Seen now we've just now it's now we've just seen anybody step on a wire before. I'm That's not. All. I'm not stepping on any wires. You've got a, you've got a uh, what's it a, a death wish to be electrocuted. <laughs> Jeez, my uncle was electrocuted once. Well, why didn't you tell me before I made the joke? <laughs> yeah, he lost like toes and stuff. What? Yeah, no, he 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 like he was a he's a rock he was an expeditioner. He went to Nepal and did oh, all these oh. things, and then on the off time he was a um, um, a carpenter, and then he was on the site and an electrical thing hit. And anyway, this has nothing to do with musical theater. So why am I telling you this? But... I had a friend who got hit by lightning once. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he got. He was. He was. Um, he lived on this field in a very large house in Pennsylvania. Had a really large field, oh. and he went out during um, the summer once to tan, and <laughs> he he fell asleep, and a, a, a thunder, a lightning storm came in when he fell asleep, and he woke up in the middle of this huge field, and he started walking back to the house, and yeah. he got hit by lightning, and like he went, he propelled himself back like a good oh five, six feet in the, the air. That's scary. Yeah, Martha That's, Stewart was hit three times. I learned that on the Snoop Dogg and uh, Martha Stewart show, which is actually very, very good, and everyone should watch. It's a real show. Yeah, they cook. They cook a meal together. It's on VH1 or it was, and they cook a meal together, and then they like you know shoot the shit and like talk and make jokes, and they're they're actually very, very, very good friends. You're not in joking. Real life. That's I'm really not, a thing. No, she's a total stoner in real life, um, and <gasps> she's she and Snoop are. He was on her show many, many years ago, and they hit it off so well that they're actually very good friends. Martha, come sit Fun by fact. me. Really, she's a stoner. Well, she's got the cred. She went to prison, so you know. <laughs> Um, got the street cred. Uh, I, have you read about the um, the Oklahoma at Oregon Shakes? Yes, Isn't that I've heard about this for a while. This yeah. gender, I, I I come up with the word gender in, in editing. If you keep something, um, you know, as neutral. Uh, no, wait. What am I trying to say? I was going to say gender stet. That well, anyway, I don't have. I am making no point because I I. Well, no, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, so nothing. I came up with this idea of a new word uh, the other night, but then now in the daylight, it's not as interesting. Okay, to I always me. hate when somebody says something and they're like, "Is that a word?" And I'm like, "It is now." Right. Like you just coined a word. <laughs> no, I was thinking of trying to find a word for when you're when you're not saying non-binary roles or or coming up with. For, so listeners, you're probably like, "What are you talking about?" They are doing Oklahoma, the musical, approved by the Rogers and Hammerstein organization, where um, Curly and um, Lori are two women, mm -hmm. and um, uh, Ado Annie is Ado Andy. Um, and so they've they've just done role reversal, gender reversal, and I just didn't know if there was... I was trying to come up with a word so that... Because I have a feeling this is going to happen more and more in oh, the sure. future. And I love it. And I think it's a beautiful thing. And I think it's a great way to just yeah, inflect, you know, just... Let's have some it, fun. It, the show is still the show. And it's just... It's amazing. Um, but I'm like, what's, what do we call that? Yeah. Uh, that I don't know. I don't know if there's, there's a... Now, all of the, the last two minutes was just me coming to, to that. I don't know if there's a... I'll just a, call it casting. I think it's great. I don't know what to call it. That's that's. Well, eventually we'll get to a point where we just don't even care. Yeah. It's just like who, who, so you know. Well, it's so funny. Like I'll talk to like my students about stuff, and we'll, and I'll say I'll use the term colorblind casting, and they don't know they don't know what that sure. means, and it's hard to explain. Like no, there was a time. Oh, that's a when, good thing. Like I don't think people remember like when Audra McDonald played Julie Jordan. What a not Julie Jordan, sorry, Carrie Pippen. Yeah, but in 1995 what, or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. what a thunderbolt that was. And that was. carousel, yeah, and she won the Tony Award. And I people, there were, I remember people were saying, you know, oh, 
you know, there wouldn't have been an African-American woman in, in New England in an interracial marriage and blah, blah, blah. I said they also wouldn't have burst into an eight-minute song about <laughs> clam bakes. Exactly. Like, like what, what is this fucking issue with, with being such grounded in realism? Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that. That always really bothers me. Th- this realism of, well, that's not who they would have been. And that, you're yeah. like, well, we're, like, we're still, still in we're a playing theater pretend. that's, yeah. We're playing pretend. So. Actually, the fourth wall is actually illusion. <laughs> it's not really a, a wall, so actually. Everyone calm it's, the fuck down. No, I, I understand what you're saying. You're really, really vulgar today. I don't, you're really I'm sorry. Passion. No, I'm no, sorry. no. I'm just feeling the passion. I'll clean up my Bob. language. I like it. I'm cleaning my language. Um, so I like that this Oklahoma has doing that on 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 a, on that scale, uh, and I like that it's been embraced. And I look forward to seeing new other shows that are going to be. Um, re- I don't want to say rediscovered, but finding other you know points of view. And I absolutely. think that's a great thing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, why we can do that with My Fair Lady? Let's do it with Guys and Dolls. Let's just yes. let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's fall in love. That's Cole Porter. It is. Some Robbie Rizal has this amazing joke. Have you ever heard this? Uh, I want to see if I can do this. It's, it's somebody in a club act. And, the, and they go like this. Um, Cole Porter was the greatest songwriter and lyricist of this generation. And um, his songs are just absolutely brilliant things from Let's Do It to You Are the Top to, to Lovely. All of them have a special resonance in everyone's heart. This is a song by Jerry Herman. <laughs> and then you transition and you sing before the parade passes by. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense it at does. all. It uh, does. Robbie does it better, but the idea is that you're setting up like, you're setting up that they're going to think like it's a Cole Porter song because, you know, they always no, give I those did. like really like maudlin speeches and then at the last second they're just like, this is a song by yeah, Jerry Herman before the parade. Because <laughs> you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. It makes me laugh. It makes me I can't wait to hear laugh. Robbie do that joke. <laughs> It's three seconds long, and it, and it, it carries a bigger punch. But no, we enjoyed really it, though. Funny. We as the listeners enjoyed listeners, it Listeners, do you understand what I'm saying? I think it's fun. Okay, never mind. Um, so maybe I'll just move We on. lost some great people in the last couple oh, of days. Oh, I was just going like to talk about that. we lost a lot of people. It was one after another after another. And one, it's, one of them is my favorite thing for the week, so I should tell you that okay. right now. Fair, and one And one of them was supposed to be a guest. Yeah. So is, is that, are they... Are they your favorite things? No, no, no okay, I just so wanted we can to, talk to recognize it. them. So I mean, the first yeah. was Vivian Madeline. Yes, Vivian Madeline. Director. Yep. Who was 88, and I didn't even know was still with us. I mean, I knew, yes. I, mean, I didn't, you know, but I just didn't realize. I just had not but thought a, about it. I thought, re- why didn't we even think about him for the podcast? Yeah, he would have been, he would have been wonderful. A really diverse career doing things as, as various. years, as, too. Yeah, like uh, Mornings at 7, which apparently was... Because Josh Ellis talked about it. Yes, the one that really put it, you know, made it really big. That well, for according to the publicist, it really loved or the PR person, Josh. Because there were three mornings at sevens. There was the one in the original in the thirties, I believe. Then there was this one in the early eighties, and then there was this one in the early. It's Christopher Lloyd. (laughs) Oh my god! Uh, Can I tell you a story about this, please? This it was is, at the Lyceum. At the Lyceum Theater. I, I remember. I remember. That's when I came to New York, and I remember the 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 the, the, the billboard. It was the la- yeah. Yeah, my mother and I saw that show together. Aww, that's yeah. Such when a we came to New York, son showed it. Was together. it really was? It was very sweet. Um, this was. <laughs> this is a horrible story. I can't believe I'm going to tell oh, it. Oh, I'm glad you're prefacing it with that. It just ma- it makes me laugh. It was pro- was it just makes me laugh. So, the story is, is that um, if you remember in Mornings at Seven, the leads are four strong female actresses. And at this time, uh, the, ca- the cast in the revival was Elizabeth Franz. It was um, uh, uh, Francis Stern, not Francis Sternhagen, Elizabeth Franz. I mean, what, uh, uh, was Francis Sternhagen? Yeah, Francis Sternhagen. Right. Um, I want to say Estelle Parsons. 
and Piper Laurie. That was the four, right? And the and Buck, like everyone, and Buck Henry was in it, and Julie Haggerty, and Christopher Lloyd, right? And so it was very clear. I think Dan Sullivan directed it, and he told, and it was very clear that he said, when you enter, you know, you'll have to hold for applause because they were all, you know, legends. So like, a character would open up a door and just stand there, frozen, like looking at the other character, and everybody would applaud and applaud. Um, and so Francis Stern, everyone gets applause. <laughs> And then in between, there's two houses on stage, and there's an alley that's supposed to separate the two houses. And from the back of the alley, we hear someone's voice, and Piper Laurie comes out. And she stands and she poses, because it's obvious she's waiting for her applause. You can hear a pin drop. No, Not only is there no. no applause, but some old yenta, I swear to you this is a true story, goes, Piper Laurie got so fat. No, no. In the, you literally, it's dead silence. Dead silence. It's like a Wednesday matinee. Dead oh, silence. Gosh. And you just hear, Piper Laurie got so fat. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? This is the saddest thing I've ever this seen. This isn't a family life. reunion. And I was like, everyone, calm down. Calm down. And applaud. And applaud Piper Laurie. That's awkward, though. Carrie's mother. Because it's not like you're in a musical where there's a vamp or something to cover the sound. It's no, just, just dead, dead silence. Dead silence. And she's just holding her pose in the middle on stage yeah. center. Yeah, literally. She had like the la I think she was the last entrance, and it was center, and she got That's no, unfortunate. no applause, That's plus an insult that she had gained weight. Well, to the lady now, who are you? Who are you? Yes, I the stage adds 10 pounds anyway. Please. Piper Laurie looks <laughs> fabulous. I love her. Um, so Vivian Madeline, who okay. directed the original Mornings at Seven, passed. Um, but a very career that, you know, tap dance kid. He went back, Brigadoon, uh, Arthur, he went back and forth a lot, which is great. So he, unfortunately, he's no longer with us. We also lost... Um, Brian Murray. Brian Murray, the great South African actor, Brian Murray, yeah. who was the original director in Noises Off, the Lloyd Dallas yeah. role, which is so great, and a really funny, funny actor. Um, and uh, did a lot of great work with... Um, he did the play Da... Which won the oh, best yeah. play in the 70s. Right. He was in that. A really great... He had some film and television yeah. work left behind diverse as well. Very career. diverse. And a director. He directed a lot exactly. as well. Yeah. Um, so we lost him. And then these last two, one of them is my favorite thing, so I'll keep her towards the end. Okay. And then we... Yeah, so this is sad. We, we, were, we were really... Unexpected, too. Um, we, were, we were really stunned by this. A couple of weeks ago, we got an email from uh, NBC Universal. Um, and it was uh, an email saying that uh, Neil Marin and Craig Zaden, um, who have revolutionized the industry of perfect uh, word for it, Rob. No, they did. I, I mean, mean they really in the did. last thirty plus years. I mean, forty years. I mean, they brought musicals back to the public consciousness. Uh, they produced Chicago. They produ the movie Chicago. They produced um, the TV movie of Gypsy back in the nineties. They've done a bunch of television movies. A lot of those NBC lives. Jesus Christ Superstar was them. We've admired these guys. And Craig Zaden wrote an amazing book on Stephen Sondheim. Right. They, they, their roots were in, I mean, yeah. in, in theater. I mean, we interviewed Bruce Valanche yesterday, and Bruce Valanche did lyrics for a very little-known show that Craig and Neil were a part yeah. of, that directed and assistant directed. And this is 1980 or something yeah. like that. So they, they've had a long career, uh, Craig especially, uh, and both of them, but in supporting and loving 
this business Abs- that we absolutely love as and, well, and and uplifting it and uplifting it. And because of their contributions, we always wanted to get them on this podcast. And one of the things that Kevin and I we had put them on the list, but I think it always was well, you know, they're probably not. They're going to be too busy. They're doing this. They're not going to right. Like and we kept trying to figure out who who has. And they're like West Coast people. To they're L.A. people a little and bit. So we thought well. we got this email from NBC Universal, and it was like Neil and Craig would like to come would like to come on the show. We didn't even send an invitation. And right, like, and we were like, they know about us. Yeah, and <laughs> it was um, t- to help talk a little bit about what they had done in uh, you know yeah. like Jesus Christ Superstar and stuff. And we kept delaying, not delaying the date, but we could never all find a time to ma- meet up and. We were supposed to reach out next week, and he went in for, I believe, shoulder surgery and passed away from complications sudden. from that. And young, at 69, so I believe. So young. Um, so we are, we are absolutely devastated that yeah. we've lost him uh, because the contributions, I think, are, are... Well, I don't think people realize the full magnitude of what those two gentlemen did for musical theater. The art form is where it is today because of them. Yeah. I think, hands down. I mean, you could trace it to Chicago and what that did as far as musicals. And people forget, but Chicago, when we were growing up, musicals were not on TV all the time. There were no movies of it other than Disney films like Beauty and the Beast and like Little Mermaid. But but to see, you know, a, a, a Chicago with... At the time, like uh, Catherine Zeta was like the big, big, big yeah. star, uh, it, like, and Renee Zellweger, and all these people, and to like, and to have that, the balls to do that, yeah, and do it well, do it really well, and take a risk on Rob Marshall and have him direct it, and you know, they just, and they always, I, I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but no, I just feel like they always, because they started out in New York in the business as interns, and the way that you start out in the business, and you get it handed down to you. I feel, I get the sense, I didn't know them, but I get the sense that they still always honored it in that way. That no matter what they did on television and all that, they still wanted to try to capture the spirit of what Broadway is. Yeah, and I think their their desire to bring that to people who would not do, do not have the economic means to get to a Broadway show, I think, is really special. So I'm yeah. I'm devastated, and I hope maybe at some point we can still get, you know... Neil on to, yeah. to talk about it because you know it's, it's, just, it's, a sad, it's a sad it's a sad day that, that yeah, they've left agreed. us with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case I pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And my my favorite thing for the yes. week, if I may. I um, think this is a good one. She she was going to be my favorite thing for a while, and uh, but she she just passed away um, at age 83, and it's also young. Also, to me. I mean, 83. We, that's I'm, young. I know people who think we're. Uh, to, People are living so much longer now, and people are so vital and so active that when you hear someone passing away like at 83 or in their 70s, you go, oh, that's, that's, that is young. You know, to me, 100, I'm like, oh, I get it. <laughs> yes. 100 on, I get it. But um, this, of course, is the wonderful actress Barbara Harris. 
who um, won a Tony Award for uh, The Apple Tree. Uh, one of the most brilliant performances on a Which Tony Awards broadcast. Which was a Awards favorite broadcast. thing. That was a favorite was, thing at some point. Because you talked about it, right? Yeah. It's, Her crazy... I mean, it's, it's insane. Her yeah. acting is so specific and brilliant, but no one can do that song as the way that she does. No. Any of those songs from the Apple Tree. No, not, not, not at all. Um, she is, uh, she was an absolute genius. And even though her voice was not the greatest, if you listen to the cast recording of the Apple Tree and you listen to the cast recording of On a Clear Day You Can See Forever, you cannot get her acting beats out of your mind, I think. An acting singer. I mean, an she's, acting she, singer. This is a time where, yes, My Fair Lady had happened, so we got used to the Rex Harrison effect. But like, but it, you have, listeners must remember um, that a lot of times you were a musical theater actor, yep. or you were an actor. You were, you know, and this was uh, someone who would sacrifice the singing for the acting, and whether or not she could even sing the notes. But yet, you listen to it and you hear the storytelling and the way she sings it. She's she's really incredible. She was an incredible person, and I think had she not had so many personal issues. Hopefully she would have continued on with doing musical theater after On a Clear Day. Yeah, um, only she, two, right? On a Clear Day. On a Clear Day, the Apple and the tree. Apple Tree, and that's the that's For pretty much it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, there was also a Broadway edition of like the Second City stuff that she got. I think she got a nomination for that because they considered that to be a musical. Uh, so maybe technically we can say three. So she was born um, in Chicago, in uh, Illinois, and she was one of the first members of the Second City improv troupe. And I think you can see that. I in did the, not know that. Yeah, in her performances. Yeah, um, and I mean, you definitely could see that in the performances for sure. And then she she came to New York to do a little bit of. Uh, she came to New York to do that show, and then she was gonna leave. And randomly, um, she got a call from Richard Rogers and Alan J. Lerner, who were like, "We want to write a musical for you." And they and like, she she apparently said, "She goes, I hated musicals." She goes, "I saw South Pacific in Chicago and I walked out." Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. I remember that. And she yeah. was like, "But it was Richard Rogers, so like, how can I say no to that?" Uh, which makes total like her sense. Her lofty tastes already that she was like, "Ah, she does." I don't know if I like um, musicals. She, you know, on it, she did. On, I'm sorry. So it was on a clear day first. I apologize. She did on a clear day first, and then she went off and she did right. the Apple Tree. Right. Um, and you know, you can watch that Tony Awards clip. People said who saw her in the theater that it was absolutely brilliant. It was a brilliant performance because we know the Apple Tree. She plays three different roles. Right. Um, three different stories. Three different stories, yeah. and the one that's presented on the Tony Awards is the Passionella That's one right. where she sings gorgeous literally has one of the funniest performances then the music ends and she literally becomes stone faced and just like walks it like the character just totally Done. disappears yep she was saying, one of her quotes that I really like is that she was saying that, she goes, I only got into acting because I love the process. She goes, I love the process. I love being in the rehearsal room. And she goes, and I get really angry when, that, when I have to perform for an audience. She said, because that means the process has stopped and everything is frozen at this point. That's wild So she, did, she didn't like that. That's a real artist. A real artist. Um, so she won the Tony Award. We've talked about the, the weird speech that she gives where like some random guy goes up and kisses, kisses her and nobody her, yeah. knew, nobody knew who she was who, we, who that guy was um she had a little bit of a collapse i'll say a mental collapse yeah it's i don't think that's a, a secret no during the apple tree and off she went the one thing that i'm so happy about with her is that so much of her brilliant acting is preserved on film so i'm going to give you a couple of recommendations of her work just because i think it's a really great way of honoring her this year besides watching that tony award apple tree clip i mean take a look at her in neil simon's plaza suite 
she's hysterical in that. A Thousand Clowns, which is based on Herb Gardner's play. Um, if you're an uh, Alfred Hitchcock fan, one of his last film is a movie called Family Plot, which she starred in, and she's incredibly charming and incredibly quirky. And I think that movie really shows off her, her acting ability. And the last one I'll throw at you, um, because I think, it's, I think it's really, really interesting, is there's a movie called The Seduction of Joe Tynan. And you might be like, what the fuck is that? No, I never heard um, of that. You can also look at Nashville or Freaky Friday. Right. But The Seduction of Joe Tynan is a movie that starred her Apple Tree co-star, Alan, Alan Alda. Alda. It was written by Alan Alda, and Alan Alda plays a senator who's having an, he's married to Barbara Harris and having an affair with an, an, a new actress to the screen at that time, Meryl Streep. So it's one of Meryl Streep's first roles. The movie's very, like, 70s. Uh, but watch Barbara Harris's performance as the wife finding out that her husband is having an affair. Wow. It's really wonderful. She was a great actress. I wish that she had more to, uh, more to do. But then and in around the late 90s, she gave up acting, moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, and just taught acting classes. Not, not just taught acting classes, yeah. but... Didn't want to do it anymore. Have you ever met anybody that worked with her, or knew her as a teacher? I, I don't think I have, but I was just curious if anyone I went to University of Arizona not, or something like that. I have not. I don't even think it was at a. I, and somebody might out there might be able to correct me. I don't even think it was at a university. I think it was oh, at she a, wasn't even at university. I think it was at like a community college or I like, just a, like a park like in and Rex. Oh my goodness! No, so she uh, really, really, really incredible actress who left okay. us. And I mean, she was also in like Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, the movie, and yeah. Gross, Gross Point Blank. So you can look at the Peggy Sue Got Married. You can look at those, but go watch Nashville. Go watch Plaza Suite. Go watch any of those that shows off her real quirkiness. And thank the musical theater gods for yep. the two musicals that she did give us. <laughs> she was really, really special. She was she really, really was. special. And, and one of the pioneers of improv comedy. Yeah. You know, so anytime we look at, you know, people like Tina Fey or Catherine O'Hara, mm. you know, Barbara Harris is the seed. It's Even in that Tony clip, you can see it in her work, the, the dedication that she yeah. gives to her. You can see that it was rooted in improv, but her sniveling and all of her, like, being... I mean, it's, you'll know it when you see it, but she's so committed that I, I've never seen any actress really dig into it the way she did. She just went all in, doesn't mind looking stupid or silly no, or whatever. No. If a, a sopranist, a soprano has to sing the high note at the end of the song while she opens her mouth to pretend like she's singing it, she doesn't such care. A funny bit. She does. <laughs> Who cares? It's I mean, she's... Funny bit. Sound like she was a fun lady, but um, yeah. Uh, so we wish well um, done. Yeah, we wish nice those one. four people uh, a yes, happy transition, all four. and hopefully we'll see them all on the other Aww. side, creating their own theatrical productions. <laughs> um, so that so Barbara Harris is my good favorite. One. That's thing a this really week. good one, Rob. Um, so what is yours, Kevin? Mine. This is a first, I think. So mine is neither book, nor film, nor musical, nor... Nor mammal, nor man. <laughs> nor YouTube clip. Uh, this is actually... It's a, a fabric. It's, it's a Velcro. <laughs> I like Velcro this week. Sorry. Uh, it's a podcast episode. It's just one episode that I want to talk about from a podcast. The podcast is not a musical theater podcast, which is why I think it's all the more interesting that there's an episode about a musical theater um, part of the business. Okay. You're going to like this. I think you're going to really like this. I almost forwarded this to you, and then I didn't want to give it away, and I was going to wait until I do it. So I just want to give a shout-out to my friend, uh, Lucia Spina, who Lucia and I did Les Mis uh, about 10 years ago, and Lucia just out of nowhere, I hadn't talked to her in a while, and I just get this, just a text it was just the podcast episode. And she's like, I think you'll like this. All right, so what's the podcast? It's a, a, a WNYC puts out a bunch of different podcasts that are really, really wonderful. And there's a series out right now called Here's the Thing that Alec Baldwin hosts. 
And then this, he, he covers all different kinds of things in the arts and, and all aspects. He interviews people that are involved with something that he finds interesting. Um, and I'm not, to be honest, I've not listened to other episodes of his. Um, I, he's fine, and he's a pretty good, you know, interviewer. Um, he, he talks a little bit, but, uh, but it's, it's good. It, it's, he, he's pretty good for someone who's dealing with people that maybe he doesn't know a lot about what they do. Um, so the episode I would like you to check out uh, on Here's the Thing podcast is titled The Hidden Trove of Musicals by Broadway's Greatest Talents. Again, that's The Hidden Trove of Musicals by Broadway's Greatest Talents. This came out about, I want to say, two weeks ago. So it's a recent episode. And this is a rare opportunity, I say rare, that a musical theater topic makes it into the mainstream world. <laughs> we were cool for a second. Um, and, and it's all the crazier because this episode is not about Hamilton or about Wicked or about some musical that everybody knows about. No, no, no. It is about industrials. Yes, oh, Rob. No. Kevin David so, Thomas. So, and the man that he had on is Steve Young. Steve Young, which has not been a favorite thing and it quite easily could be, he wrote with another writer a book about industrials of uh, musicals. It's a big, thick, beautiful yes. coffee table book. I have it. I love it. My friend Mark Graham got yes. it for me. It's, it's a really great book, and it chronicles... You know, listeners, I know you. if you've listened to our interviews with people, you know that we, in the 60s and 70s, we love talking about this era uh, in the early 80s when um, big corporations would have meetings and big, big, big conventions, and they would hire the top Broadway people to produce shows. Um, they would have, you know, Sheldon Harnick rewrite the lyrics or write lyrics to a new song. They'd have Bach write, you know, a new song, new music. Uh, there was a whole network of people that guy paid very well to do these big mammoth industrials. Including? Until, and, uh, what? I was saying, <laughs> including, sir, sorry, including Sergio Frankie. That's right. What would Sergio have sung? Well, people don't know. Can I help you? Yes. Oh, well, oh look who God. it is. It's Sergio Frankie. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Rob just looked over my shoulder, and you guys, I just fell for it. I thought someone came in the door, and I was like, what? what you is, said Sergio. Is, is Jerry here? No. So, I'm sorry to interrupt oh, the camera. Oh, hi, Rob. Sergio. It's so good to see you. you I almost did. didn't recognize you Speaking with the bald of head. Industrials, I'll be more than happy to sing you with my industrial song. Oh, God. <clears throat> oh, God, you guys. Hey, what? A two, a one, two, three, four. Animas, animas, Herschel's animas are the best animas. Are you saying anim animas? Yes. <laughs> I was paid 400 meatball for singing the song about the animas. 400 meatball. Have to go now. Have to go back up to the sky where me and Imogena Coca <laughs> are going to do Make a Wish. <laughs> At the Dunes Hotel and Casino. Grazie. 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 That completes grazie. your... No, not grazie, Daniel. Grazie. Oh, my gosh. Grazie. Oh, and he left. He just descended. Oh, wow. Back that's, up probably, to that's all the English he knows. So that was, that was it. That's all he learned for this website. Anima, so anima. That would have been a perfect example of what they would have sunk about, though. Here's a, here, no, here's a title of one of the shows that they... because they So in this interview with Steve Young... So Steve Young, um, he, he was a writer for the David Letterman show for about 25 years. He started out in improv. He's a really funny writer. He became obsessed with industrials, much the way that we are fascinated with it. He became so obsessed that he collects all of the recordings of them. He 
would go on eBay and just collect over the years all of these rare, you know, demo recordings of Shelter Harnick or insert all the writers that would make money by doing this and all the famous, I mean, Tommy Toon, all these people would do all these industrials. So he wrote a big, book, great coffee table book about, about it. That's not what this episode's about. But he was on Alec Baldwin's uh, interview because there's a documentary that was just premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival about Steve Young's obsession with industrial uh, m- musicals. Is this that uh, is bathtub something about bathtubs ba- over Broadway? Yeah, very good. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I really want to see that. But even just listening to Steve, I think anytime someone is passionate about something, maybe sort of akin to us in this art form that we are passionate about, I think that if someone's passionate about something, at least for me, I like listening to them talk about it because their their passion is contagious to me. Even if it's about something that I really don't know much about, yes, but yes. I'll, I will listen because I think, wow, the way they love it, I'm learning something. This is interesting. And I have an interest in industrial musical theater, but the way this Steve Young knows about it is a, just a very contagious, fascinating thing that I'm not shocked that somebody wanted to make a documentary about him and his journey finding all of these these um, these shows and collecting them. But um, going on your Sergio Franchi riff, so one of the clips that they played is from one of the industrials about um, fuel called Diesel Dazzle. <laughs> Diesel Dazzle? Diesel Dazzle. The tractor convention had the world of winners. Oh, wow. not, not as not as good play on words, but you know, I thought. And they played. They played some of the clips from these shows that they that they wrote, and they're really fun. And it's and he, and Steve talks about how he said, "I like listening to it because I feel like I'm a part of that world." And for a minute, I feel like I'm an employee of that company because you can imagine the excitement. You go to you're in Milwaukee and you're at some convention. All these Broadway people come onto stage and give you almost a full Broadway show, except they're all singing about your company and your job and what you do for a living. So it, it, in a way, industrials really brought the the worker into a musical almost and yeah. made a musical out of their life and so it almost it, and not almost it inspired workers for more productivity and to be better and to and and you would look forward to when you got to have your big convention and you would have your big the songs that were written for I mean on a small scale I've experienced that when I my corporate gig I used to do years ago called the water coolers we would do that we are we are a five person show that they would they would write specialized material it, nowadays they would just do it on pop songs and write sure, you know parody sure. type thing but but I can tell you, you, you go in a conference room and everyone freaks out because they think, oh my goodness, they're singing about my stuff. I can't imagine it with Broadway performers and all of that. I think that's really cool. So I, I encourage you all, it's a 40-minute interview. Here's the thing, Alec Baldwin, look up the hidden trove of musicals by Broadway's greatest talents for this great interview with Steve Young about his the documentary about him, Bathtubs Over Broadway. Let's take a look for that. Hopefully that will have a wider release. Uh, and we can, you and I at least can, yeah. can check that out yeah. because I'm really, really fascinated. Um, I think that it's it's fun. And I think you learn a little bit about this world of industrials that we don't have today. So we don't really know what you know, material they have, but I'm thankful that there is someone in the world um, that has that passion that can share it with us and make it, you know, we don't lose that history. Absolutely. I'm looking here. Bathtubs over Broadway. I'm trying to see. Does it say if it's released or if it's uh, there's a wider release? Because I know it was at Tribeca Film Festival this and year. It, it, won a fil- it won an award. Oh, yeah. I think it did pretty well. I mean, why else would Alec Baldwin have hit? Why else would Alec Baldwin be interviewing a guy that only wants to talk about industrial musicals? No, absolutely. Here, I'm I gonna, mean, I I'm, l- I'm looking it up on iTunes it's right now. It's shocking that that 
that made it into mainstream. And then he talks, you know, he it talks about Young's um, history with, you know, writing for David Letterman and all of that. But for me, it's I just love his passion for for <laughs> for industrial musical theater. Who knew that was a, a a subset of our already subset genre art form? I'm surprised that nobody's done um, an album. Of like like their oh, stuff. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, it's not coming up here. Oh shit, sorry, it's not coming up here on iTunes. So maybe it's not available on iTunes. I don't. I bet not yet. I don't think it's probably been released on that sort of How platform yet. How dare they though? How dare they? Because I really want to see this. Um, yep, nothing nothing on All iTunes. Right. Okay, sorry about that. I looked though. And bathtubs over Broadway, incidentally, I believe is one of the titles for one of the industrial shows <laughs> that that happened. <laughs> Because you're going to, you know, you're selling, you know, bathtubs. So oh. what are you going to title your show? Bathtubs over Broadway. It's perfect. Speaking of movies, really quickly, if I may, may I recommend a film I just saw? It's a yeah. documentary. Ooh. Um, that sort of is in the same entertainment field as this. I'm so sorry. Are you done? I apologize. I hope I'm I didn't good. cut you off. I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. No, did I cut you off? I'm really sorry. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm so sorry. You. I thought we, we, we had wrapped up. So there was a book a few years ago, and I kind of want your opinion on it because... The, and our listeners' opinion on it as well. So um, there was a book a couple of years ago called Full Service, um, written by a gentleman named Scotty Bowers, who uh, owned or worked at a gas station in the 1940s and 50s in Hollywood, California, that was at the crossroads of where like the major studios were. So if you were a major star, you passed this gas station on a daily basis or you went in for gas on a daily basis. And for lack of a better word, he was a pimp. So what happened is, is even though he worked as the gas station employee, if um, a celebrity came in, and if it was a guy, and he's like, hey, I'm looking for a girl, he would set the celebrity up with a girl. Or if the guy came Rock in... Rock Hudson. And, it was, and if he was gay, he was like, hey, I'm looking for a guy, he would do that as well. So he wrote a book called Full Service, where he names names. and I do remember this. Okay. Yes. So the documentary just came out, um, and it's called Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. And I just saw it, and it's a really one... I think the film is really incredible. Um, he outs a lot of people who were closeted. So my question for you is this, um, because it's a lot of the controversy, and it's in the movie as well, which is, you know, he's outing people like Katherine Hepburn. And he's is outing, he, though? And, he, <laughs> and he's outing people like Spencer Tracy. And is he, though? <laughs> So the que- so the question though is, the- people go up to him and go, "How can you do that? That's a violation of privacy." His retort is, um, it "Wasn't so private when they came up to me at the gas station and said, hey, can you get me a uh, you know?'" Yeah, no, absolutely, an, like a sensible Rob Schneider type. And I'm not talking the that? actor. Who? who are you talking the actor? Oh no, 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 I'm talking the uh, Rob W. Schneider. Who would? Nobody would. I said want a that. sensible Rob W. Sensible. Schneider type. Yeah. yeah, but you're right. No, I hear you. What you're saying is that is, is that, that unethical? Is it unethical? Yes, probably. Is it illegal? No. Well, prostitution technically is unethical. Well, were they paying for them? Yeah. The, oh, yeah. It was it was? Would he get a cut of it? So apparently, no. no it, now, if you get money for it, and he's revealing the secrets, I mean, I guess we have that going on in politics right now. As but I was, oh, jeez, no. He so this is kind of weird. He would get like, like I think if I understand it correctly, he would get like ten dollars, and then the uh, the person that he set them up with would keep all the money, like a finder's fee. He got like a I think he fee. got a, he either got a finder's fee or he was a prostitute, a sex worker? We're supposed to say sex worker now. Okay. He was a sex worker himself. So I don't know if he was collecting money. So anyway, so the, 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 the issue though is, 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 you know, is, is, that okay, is that ethically okay to out somebody after they've passed? 
or to tell, tell something about somebody after they passed. I don't know if I can... Because I we've think, had a lot... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just... I don't know. I, well, when, when, when Billy Goldenberg was talking about Michael Bennett, for instance, and right? And like cocaine. You know, that was a darker side of the history. Was it a reality for Billy? Yes, that was a reality. That was his experience of his life until there. So there was no non-disclosure agreements, I assume, that were signed by gas station pimp man. So, <laughs> I, you powers. know, if he wants to... <laughs> you want to call him by his name? I'll call him by his other name. <laughs> but, like, you know, I'm kidding. But... Um, I don't know. It's a tough one because I'm sure that the deceased don't want those things to be, but it was a different time period then. Today, w- people tend to, people are like, yeah, Spencer who? All right, shrug. I don't yeah, know. Don't know I, that, the younger yeah. generation, I mean, the older generation probably already knew. I mean, I don't know. It's, one it's of the arguments in that the film, precious. the film is, is like, yeah, okay, so like Spencer Tracy is dead, but he has children and grandchildren who are still alive. Well, like, should be is, proud. Is that... Yes, yeah, so, I mean that's that's. That, no, we're still living in the illusion that being homosexual is is a negative thing. That's what he that, says in the that movie. That we have Scotty. to that they have to hide that that we have to not be. What I think that's bullshit. I think we're we've, we're evolving past that. I hope because we've. I mean, we've had a lot of guests on here who will start to tell a story, then stop, and then go. You know what? I'll tell it anyway because they're past. So I'm wondering if if right the Stephen Sondheim effect. Remember when he wrote his books? Yes. And he said, "I'm only going to talk about people that are dead. I'm not going to talk about the living yet." Uh, when he, as far as dishing. Yes. No. Of course. Of course. Right. Of course. Of course. I get that. Um, so I'm just wondering though, if, if does someone's passing give like carte blanche to then talk about well, them? Well, but I think it makes it easier. <laughs> yeah. No. No libel. And mm-hmm. that's the other complaint that people have in the movie, which is none of these people can retort the claims. But then, like you're saying. That's showbiz. People have been doing that since the beginning of time. Yeah. Are you kidding? That's how history books are written. And you the, know what I yeah. mean? Like, the, you think the history books really are what happened? Yeah, mostly. But are they the people that won's point of view? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. History is written by the winners. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same thing with this kind of stuff. So. Uh, oh, you know what I read? Have you ever read the book Lies that my teacher told me? No. That's a great book. That's a really great book. That's a book that shows how textbooks in, in American history classes, and they, like, they compare 13 textbooks, alter and change history. So America. America always looks marvelous and fabulous. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's and it probably depends on what region of the country you're in as well. Oh, that's a whole other story because aren't there like those biology books in in the South that don't even mention um, evolution? It's all creationism in the book, which is there's, I'm there's not some, saying it's, no no no. There's some reasons why my sister homeschools her kids. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, my feeling is is you have if you're going to teach creationism, you should teach evolutionism, and then also I mean I think you should mention it. I think I mean I don't know. Let's it's, just it's a say the world's thing. flat at the same time. It's great. It's not. Okay, well. You guys got some favorite things, and you got some of our other favorite things Fox as well. Fox News told me it was flat this Aww. morning. Well, have fun with that, Rob. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, have I told you I've stopped leaving subway stations? Because, okay, so if you leave the subway station on 50th, because I take the one train downtown, right? Okay. When I get out at 50th, you walk out, and the first thing you see is there's a barber shop in, in the subway station. And oh, they, yes, the, you come downtown. Yep. Yes, I always come and they're, uptown. And got they're it. playing Fox News. And it's the first thing you see when you get off the train. Ugh. So I've stopped exiting off the, at the 50th, and I only get off at 59th because I don't see Fox News. I'm proud of you. I have to walk extra, but I'd rather walk extra than see Fox Psh. News. With 100%. And if you listen to our podcast and watch Fox News, I'm not What are you doing? Say, what are you doing? But if you also listen to our podcast and watch Fox News, and you're also a Patreon subscriber to us, <laughs> God bless you. Send me a red hat. <laughs> We want all your money. We want all Just your money. Just give it Good all. Good for you. 
Good for you is what we're going to say now. That's good. And keep Uh, listening to musicals, especially Little Abner. You love Little Abner. I'm on a kick lately. Well, we'll hear about that on next week's episode where you (laughs) talk to Peter Felicia about Little Abner for a little bit. Oh, thanks for sticking with us this Um, episode, everybody. So once this was a fun one. We had a lot of time to kill. Oh, we're at the 45-minute mark. Okay. Oh, a longer Um, one. It was a long one. Sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You're welcome. Hey, you're welcome, America. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome the world for what we just gave you. <laughs> um, and our favorite things, once again, take a look at Barbara Harris and... Uh, oh, yes. Um, the, uh, the, um, the podcast. The uh, podcast. Next... next um, oh, shoot. Uh, I'll vamp. Here's the I'll thing. Vamp now. Uh, the Hidden Trove of... It's the, the title is so long. The Hidden Trove of Musicals by Broadway's Greatest Talents. Just type that in with Here's the Thing. Uh, and if you don't know how to find podcasts... Well, you found us, so you should be able to find podcasts. <laughs> oh, hold on one second. You would not believe how many people... I'm a Saudi. Oh, my gosh. Sergio. I'm a Saudi. Sergio, I've, Sergio, I've, Sergio I've, open up your phone. I There's forgot. a purple icon. It says podcast. If you have a smartphone, you have the podcast app. Meanwhile, we've had this conversation with... I cannot tell you how many guests we've had this exact conversation. <laughs> not, I'm not as anim- like animated towards them, but... No, no but I like that you're angry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I forgot to my garlic bread. Sorry. Sergio. He's gone now. He's Adio. gone. Adio. Adio. <laughs> what is it in, in, in West Side Story? Ciao. Te amo. Te, what does she say? Te adoro, Anton? That's Spanish, but yes. <laughs> so that's good, Rob. That's really good. So he's Italian. They're from Puerto Rico. And, so I've, that's, and, I've, and I've screwed it up. I'm that's sorry. Great. I'm, I'm sorry. really proud of you. Um, I w- hey, You'll never I, be cast in that production. Can I tell you why I was proud of myself today before we go off the air? We okay. went to Subway for a sandwich. Yeah. And the vending machine. Or not the vending machine, the soda machine that has... You know how they have like names now on Diet Coke bottles? Yeah. It was four bottles in a row, all facing out, that said Amy. So it was Amy, 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 Amy. And I was like, look, multitudes of Amy's. And I said it to... You weren't even around. <laughs> you were not even around. So I literally was talking to myself. So <laughs> the guy at Subway laughed. Oh, that's great. Wow. Um, all right. Till next time. Bye, everybody. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens Brown paper packages tied up with strings These are a few of my favorite things These are a few of my favorite things Hi y'all, this is Kristen Chenoweth Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lin-Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.